Hey guys, uh, I hope you're doing awesome uh, today. Hope you're wonderful on this um, October Sunday morning. Uh, it's getting cool out there. Probably getting snow up there. And uh, hope you're doing well. All the babies are good. And everybody's growing and uh, doing well. Uh, always birthdays going on. So if it's your birthday this month, happy birthday to you. Uh, there's a lot happening uh, here in Burlington, North Carolina. <coughs> there is a lot going on in our world. There is a lot going on in this country. And uh, today we're going to kind of dig into a little bit of that. Uh, we're talking about I love my church. And if you're not a part of a, a regular, active, weekly group of people that are believers in Christ, that are the church, you need to be. You just need to be. Uh, this world is not going to get easier to live in as a Christian. It's going to get harder. And the more you separate yourself from the body of Christ, the more difficult it is going to be to live your life on the earth for the Lord. We're going to need each other as times get tougher, and they're getting tougher. They're going to get much tougher. And so we're talking about loving our church, loving God's church. And uh, of course, when we talk about the church, we're talking about the called out ones, the ecclesia, God's chosen people or God's children, his sons and daughters that have answered the call and come into a relationship with Jesus. And uh, we've said that the foundational truths about the church and the foundational truths about all of creation is simply this. Number one. All authority is God's. It's all his. It's all his authority in the church and in the world. It is all his. He will have the last say. All belonging in his kingdom is because of him. He's the one who allows anything to happen. He, he is the one who's provided the way for people to be connected, to belong. And so it all goes through Jesus. And the third thing simply is that all work is the work of his hands. He is doing the construction. God is building his church. And he wants you to be a part of that. He really does. He wants all of us to be a part of that. And we enter in through grace, the grace of God that is a gift to all mankind, but we enter through faith. And faith is what God says it is. It's his truth and it's his son that we Choose to follow our faith we put in him. We choose to follow Jesus. We choose to surrender to him. We choose to do it the way God says and not the way the world says. And so we come by grace through faith into his kingdom. We love the church because it's the body of Christ. We love the church because it's the way. It is the way. We love the church because... It allows us to then pray to God because we have a connection through the church, through the Holy Spirit living in us that makes us part of the body of Christ, that it gives us the power to even talk to God. We love the church because Jesus loves misfits and we're one of those misfits, every one of us. And we love the church last week because it's where we find forgiveness. 
It's where we find the forgiveness of God. And we don't find that much on the planet, or not very well anyway, but in Jesus, we find true forgiveness. We find real, honest forgiveness. And the more important part is this, we find permanent forgiveness in Jesus, like eternal forgiveness, not temporary stuff. And so today, we love the church because in a world that is lost and in a, in a world that is growing in their confusion, lovers of self, haters of God, and there are, believe it or not, people on the planet who do not care for God. They don't care for you to talk about God. They don't care for me to talk about God. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want to hear about standards. They don't want to hear about morals. They don't want to hear about truth. They don't want to hear about anything that has to do with God. And, and there is an attempt on the planet to just get rid of all the God talk and replace it with all kinds of other stuff. And you should be seeing that if you're paying attention. If you're really paying attention, you're going to see all kinds of stuff going on in this world that is moving away from God. Today, we love the church. Uh, we love the church. Because only in the church do we have a place where we can stand on truth. Truth, real truth. Truth, just say that word, truth. Like when you say that word, truth, it's a lot of things come to mind, but truth is, you think about a standard, right? You think about, it is the facts. It is what it, what is. It's what is right and what is good and what is perfect and what is God-given truth. There's no gray in it. There's no wishy-washy. It doesn't change tomorrow. It is what it is forever. It is solid bedrock truth to live by, to follow. And we love the church because in the church, it's the place where Jesus has given us truth from heaven that we can put into our heart, we can put into our mind, and we can live our life on and bank on it. It is and always will be. When the world is wandering wherever it wants to go, the truth of God will always remain. Uh, in John chapter 8, Jesus was uh, teaching and he was talking to the Jews and many of the Jews were beginning to believe in Jesus. Even the Jews were coming around to accept that Jesus was the Messiah. And the scripture says this, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, followers. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth of Jesus sets men free. Free from the bondage of the systems of the world, free from 
uh, sin, free from personal confusion and wondering why are we here? What are we here for? All the question marks of our life are answered in the truth, in who Jesus is. Every question we have, God has the answer for. Now, we may not know it right now or learn it anytime soon. There are some things that we're going to wonder about and probably want to ask God about at some point, or, or they will just become clearer to us as we get older. Things that we wondered when we were young, as we got older, we got it. We understood. We realized now. Same is true for all of us. In the days to come, our, our questions will be answered. The truth, the truth will set you free, free from all questions, free from all doubts, free from all of the world's confusion that the world tries to pull people in different directions. The truth, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, the truth, if you hold to the truth, if you hold to Jesus's teachings, they are the truth. What's the truth? Jesus' teachings. That's the truth. What Jesus said. What the word of God says. This is the truth. And if you hold to the truth, the truth will set you free. That is if you want to be free. Not everybody wants to be free. Free. And so I want to share with you a, a message about this truth. Uh, and I want, and I'm, we're going to do this in two weeks because it's just such a big topic. And, uh, and this first part of this uh, message today, what I want to do is kind of um, attempt to give you a big contrast between the world and God. I want to kind of just point things out that, that we're seeing in the world. And how that applies to the truth. Like, like how that contradicts the truth. What God says, what the world says. In, in a number of different ways that are, should be obvious to most all of us. But, but just to remind us that, that what's going on in our world right now is not of God. Most of what we're seeing in our, in our culture and in our nation is not of God. And, and it's okay because we've already been warned by God that this is going to happen, that this is what's ahead for us. So I want to contrast the ways of the world and the ways of God, the darkness of the world with its deception and our great need for the truth of God, that we would know that we know that we know what we stand on, that we will stand on the truth of God and we will not let anything pull us off of that, like knock us off the truth of God. We won't wander away in our minds or in our behavior, in our lives, and our great need for the truth of God, right in the midst of all the darkness. So what I hope to do is just remind us Remind us again and, and, and just embolden us and encourage us, strengthen us that the world is moving quickly away from God. Okay, don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't fall for it. That, that we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. There is, 
The devil is waging war to imprison people, to, to lure them away from the truths of God and, and get them to buy into other sets of beliefs and views and teachings to confuse them, to get them to question the truth of God, the foundational truths of all of creation since the beginning of time. And, and uh, then the next week, what I want to do is really dig into uh, what the truth of God does. Like today, I just want to contrast the world and God in a biblical view. But then next week, uh, like how do we live out the truths of God in a corrupt and evil-driven planet? How do we live as light in the middle of the darkness? Right, But what I want to do today is just talk about the difference between the light and the darkness. Because we've got to kind of get that in our minds and see it so that then we can know how to apply God's truth as we live in it. Because we're living in it. We're in the midst of it. There's no getting out of it right now. Reminding us that we are strangers and we are foreigners and we are aliens in this world. We do not belong to the planet. Okay, God has made that very clear. This is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. and We don't belong here. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you love Jesus and you have given your life to Christ and you claim that you are a follower of Jesus, or you want to be a follower of Jesus, then you don't belong to the ways and the things of this planet. And so I want to use a lot of scripture in these two messages about the truth, because there's a lot in the scriptures that tell us about what the truth is, what it does, and then how it combats the ways of darkness in this world. So that's kind of what we're going to do. The devil is having a heyday. You don't have to go very far to see that. And most of us, or at least there's a very good chance that most of us have been caught up in it in different ways, in some further than others, uh, and, but, but all of us have been impacted and affected by the, the devil's agenda on the planet. In some little ways, we have bought into it without realizing it, and we are caught up in it. And so all of us need to be reminded of the truth so that we can come away from those areas in our life or in our minds that we have wandered from God, from the creator who made us. And I want to be very clear. The world is lost. The world is in rebellion against God. Satan and his angels are, are, are tricking people, deceiving people, blinding people, pulling people as far away from God as they can, feeding them lies, trying to pull people away from the truth. The world is lost. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, the lost sheep, right? The lost. Well, the only reason Jesus came to this planet to seek and to save the lost is because the world is lost. It's lost. So, so let's keep that in mind. Big picture is the world is lost. Evil is having its way on the planet, whether we like it or not. And we see more and more evidence of it advancing 
like getting louder and getting darker and getting more aggressive and arrogant. People love darkness instead of light. Like, isn't that true? Every one of us, you know, at some point in our life can remember when, when, we, when we love to do things that you weren't supposed to do. I know that well, that we knew there were things that we weren't supposed to do and we did them because, one, because we've just got this rebellious nature and we love doing what we shouldn't do. And because it's fun. Some of these things are very pleasurable. They satisfy our flesh in such deep ways that diving into them and, 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 and enjoying them satisfies our flesh so much. They're powerful addictions, aren't they? People are in love with the darkness instead of the light. All of us know what that's like. And Jesus said that in the end, things are going to get worse. They are not going to get better in the ends of time, Jesus said. They're going to get worse. I think we're seeing that more and more. They are getting worse. All you got to do is watch the news, right? Just watch the news. Listen to what you are being told by the powers to be. Look at the attempt to control you, to control your home, to control the airways, to control your phone, to control your vehicles, to control everything about you. The desire to control everything and move, uh, and every move that you make. There is an attempt right now in our country to have the ability to turn off your life, to shut you out if they choose to, to not allow you to participate if they don't want you to. Pay attention to what's going on in the world, but let's also be aware as we think about the truth, also be aware of this. There is a brokenness in the world that all of us are caught up in and every one of us have been impacted by. We are all broken people. We all have messed up ideas. We do things that we know we shouldn't do. We think things that we wished we didn't think. We act on things that we should not act on. We are all broken. But if you found Jesus, you, you are hopefully being healed as you're moving more into the image of Christ as you give your life to Jesus and, and he's transforming you by his word and by the truth. And he is setting you, not only are you set free in his eyes that your sins are covered, but you are becoming more and more like Jesus. You're moving in that direction. Other people are moving in the other direction. They don't want to be like God. They want to be their own God. There's a brokenness in the world and we all groan inwardly because of the sin of mankind, just the general effects of sin, right? The, the effect of sin on us and the effect of sin on the innocent, especially children and, and hurting people. 
but there is also. So the world is broken and it has impacted all of us. And we're all impacted in some way, whether we like it or not, by the brokenness. But there is also a desire on the planet, an appetite in this world for evil. There are people who are bent on promoting evil, the ways of darkness. They want nothing to do with the ways of God. They, are, they have joined forces with Satan and his angels, and they are in rebellion against the creator of the universe. They have been lied to. They have been deceived. They are more broken than they could ever know. And they are wandering further and further away from God, shaking their fists, saying, we don't need you. And so as we move through this message, as we think about these things together, I want, I'm, I'm hoping that we're kind of just thinking together in this message. Uh, as we move forward, let's keep in mind a couple things. One, all have sinned. We've all sinned. I'm a sinner. We're sinners. And we have rebelled against God. Every one of us have sinned against God. But that some people are victims of the darkness, even though we all have sinned. Some people have become victims of the darkness and other people willfully serve the darkness. So there's a distinction between people. Many people want God but because of sin and brokenness, we, we don't act like God like we should. That's, that's most all of us who believe. Other people want nothing to do with God. They just want to enjoy the darkness. They love it. And they are, they are promoting that kind of wickedness in the world. See, this cycle, the cycle of rebellion or rebellious people is, is really nothing new, right? It's nothing new. Uh, let me remind us of a couple things from, from the past. In the beginning, when Genesis says that the world was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep, we are there again. In a very spiritual way, darkness has taken over the surface of the deep. At the time of the flood, when God looked over the earth and he saw that the hearts of men were evil all the time, and he had Noah build this giant boat and he saved Noah and his family and destroyed the rest of the world, the evil that God saw on the planet that caused him to have Noah do this, we are there again in a very spiritual way way. In the Tower of Babel, when the people came together and they thought that they could build their way to God and become a God to themselves with no need for God, we are there again. In a very spiritual way, we are there again. And when the prophets of old said, turn back to God or you will suffer his wrath, we are there again. In a very spiritual way, we are there again. And when Paul said in Romans, 
Romans chapter 1, that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and all wickedness of people who, listen to these words, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. We are there again in a very spiritual way. When Jesus said, that there would be lawlessness and wickedness and evil hearts and false prophets and wars and famines and earthquakes, that many people would abandon the faith in the end times. We are there. We are there. This is truth. This is true. The Bible says it. We are living in it. This is true. No lie. No lie whatsoever here. Not a lie in anything that the scriptures have shown us in the past. The cycle of mankind that we constantly seem to repeat. We are there again. We are there again. See, when Paul said that the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the, the, the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. They're in the dark and they don't even know they're in the dark. They're going into the dark deeper and deeper. They don't even care about the light of the gospel any longer. It's true. It's happening in our world right now. When John said that everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but it comes from the life, all of that evil, John said it was, it was going to happen, and it has. It's true. When God sent Paul to turn from darkness to light, the, the Gentiles, and from the power of Satan to the power of God, it's true. God did send Paul. And those people, there were plenty of people who moved from, from the darkness into the light. And when Paul wrote to the Ephesians and said, you were formerly in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That is true. We are called out of the darkness to walk as children of light. Even though the darkness around us is great and seems to be getting greater. To the Thessalonians, Paul said, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. That is true. No lie. No lie. The world is lost because People do not want the truth of God. They don't want it. They want their own version of truth. People want what they want. The people of this world, of this planet, have rejected the truth of God and they have exchanged it for a boatload of garbage. A wide road of fleshly satisfaction that leads to death, eternal separation from God. Now, basketball season is coming around soon. And uh, of course, these are my dookie crazies. If you think these people, you know, they show up at a ball game, basketball, dressed like strange people, 
doing all kinds of weird things. If you think that these people are crazy, someone once said, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? Uh, you just look around the, the world and, and you will see some crazy, bizarre things like this, like this. See, you know, you, you see this, you see this and, 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 and it's hard to know if we should laugh or cry. Do you see this and, and, and just shake your head? Or do we see this and just want to cry? Because it's, it's such a sad picture of mankind and where we've gone. I, I can, cannot even imagine what Jesus thinks when he sees these people walking on this planet. So I want to highlight a little bit here as we kind of move through this, the crazy sinfulness of our world from a biblical standpoint. It's what, I'm, what I wanna do. And, and if you are a Christian, here's the thing. If you're a believer in Jesus, a follower of Christ, you are only allowed to have a biblical view of the world. You, you aren't allowed, you don't get to have some other view of the world. Your view, if you're a believer, now if you're not a believer, you can have a worldview that comes from wherever you want it to come from. But if you're a believer in Jesus, our worldview comes from the word of God, from the truth of God's word. We don't get, so, so there's a, there's, you could sense this, division coming on and, and 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 that's just natural right light and darkness this is going to be divided truth and lies going to be divided but what's happening in the world is there is going to come a clear a very clear distinction between those who are going to be followers of Jesus to the bitter end and those who are going to cave into the ways of the world that is what is happening in the planet, on the planet right now, especially in our culture, in this country, in our day. Like never before. This is what's happening now in our day, 2022, and over the last bunch of years, and where we're headed has never been like this ever in all of history, ever. This is new. This is crazy. This is the bazaar. And this is gigantic steps away from the will and the way of God and the biblical view. See, if you're a Christian, we're only allowed and want to have a view of the world, of everything in the world through the lens of the scripture. The Bible guides our thinking, right? The Bible does. It, it, it gives for us the worldview that we want to have because it's God's worldview. We are not free to say sin is okay. We are not free to say uh, under the banner of love that anything goes. No, it doesn't. We are, as believers, to know the truth and contrast that with the world as we see the world. That's our job as believers. If you worked at a bank 
and you had to handle the money that came into the bank, you better know the difference between the real and a counterfeit. Because if you don't, you will not have a job very long. There has got to be in the heart of a Christian a sense of what is true and a, an ability to see and identify what is not. And so we live with a worldview that is founded in the scriptures. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, check this out, 5.11, he said, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. Look at that. Just, just think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. Paul's saying a couple things, two things really here, one side and then flips over and the other side. He says, first of all, when it comes to the things of this world, the darkness of the world, the sin of the world, the deed, the unfruitful deeds of darkness, he says, have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with that stuff. Do not participate in it. And I think that goes along with people who do want to participate in it. You need to be, and I need to be, very careful who we're going to associate with as we participate in the ways of the world. Not that we should not have unbelieving friends, because I think we need to have those so that we can impact them for the gospel. But there's a difference between having friends who are non-believers that you are trying to influence for Jesus and them influencing you away from Jesus. Big difference. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, Paul says. See, and then the scripture teaches us not just to stay clear of it, but to point it out, expose it. As believers, we are not just going to like climb into our own little hole and protect our own little lives. We are going to care about the world around us and try to share with the world the truth of God in a way that people might come back to God. And you only can do that by pointing out the counterfeit. Pointing to the truth, pointing out the counterfeit. So that people can see the difference and make a decision. And the decision is up to them. Paul uses the term expose. Check this word out. It's a cool word. It means to reprove or to rebuke. This is an active word. This is not a passive word. It means to rebuke somebody or to reprove somebody, to correct them. It's not take a passive view toward them. Like there's a plenty of people in the world who just say their conclusion to all what's going on in the world is just leave them alone. Don't say anything. Don't post anything. Don't go up against them. Just leave them alone. That's a very passive view of what's going on in the darkness all around us. That the darkness, by the way, that is sucking people into it, leading them to hell. Paul says, you don't have anything to do with that stuff and you expose it. You expose it as a believer, as somebody who claims to live in the light of God's truth. You are to help people identify it. 
Point it out so that they see the trap. Point it out so they see the hole. If you see a big old pothole, I was driving down the road uh, a couple years ago. I think I told this story back then. And there was this huge log. I got on the highway and right on our highway, it's like a four lane highway. People are going 70, 80 miles an hour right in the middle of the lane. The second lane over is this huge log. Like I, you can't just drive by that and do nothing. Somebody's going to die if you do. So I pulled over, I, I, I kind of waited for traffic to clear, and I jumped out there, grabbed this huge log, pulled it out to the side, and threw it in the grass. I brought it home, actually. And um, that, that's, what, that's what's happening in our world. And as Christians, we can't be passive. We're, we're to expose it. We're to say something about it. We're to help people see the danger that is ahead so that they can avoid it. We don't just leave people alone. We can't just let them be because they're wandering off of a cliff. And we have got to care. Yes, we've got to be careful how we care. But we have got to care. And we have got to say something. And we cannot be worried about offending everybody or anybody for that matter. When you point out something that is wrong, it is going to offend those who are doing it. That's obvious. We can't just say we're all sinners. Just be quiet and mind your own business. That's not what Paul's saying here. Don't have anything to do with the sinfulness of the world, but don't stay quiet about it either. We're to help each other. No, hey, look what's going on. Watch out for that. Beware. I mean, don't you love it when you're driving or you're, you're, you're going somewhere and somebody warns you? Like, like if you have your phone and your maps and it comes up or Waze, maybe you've used Waze, and it comes up and people are posting, hey, watch out, there's a police officer up here doing radar. Hey, watch out, there's a pothole. Oh, there's a wreck on the left side. Don't you love people giving you warnings so you can avoid them? That's what, that's what Paul is saying to us. Warn people, send out the warnings. That's what the truth should drive us to wanting to do, right? Is let people know. This word, uh, this word expose, it's an aggressive approach uh, to bring them to the light, to help people see the truth to bring people back to God. Things that are shameful, things that are wicked, things that are godless are to be confronted. They're to be admonished. They're to be challenged. They're to be shown that they're wrong. Remember, this is God's creation. He belong, It's his. It all belongs to him. The devil has hijacked it. We're supposed to be the one saying, no, this is God's original intention for us. What's happening is not. It's a rebellion against God. Hello, wake up. Don't fall for the devil's schemes. Don't fall for the traps. And it's why Paul said to Timothy in regards to false teachings and sinful ways, he said, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Jesus. You point these things out to other people. That's a good thing. All Christians should be doing that, helping their friends, helping their neighbors, helping people who are tuned into their Instagrams and their Facebook posts. We should be pointing 
people to the light of Jesus. Even if that means pointing out the faults and the sins of the world. I'm not talking about going after people individually. I'm talking about pointing out sin that affects lots of people. My own sin, your own sin, our sin. It's all wrong. But we have to speak up. And so the goal, the goal in talking about the truth today is, is to restore people back to God. Not to be mean or ugly or, or, or call people out. We want to call sin out. Sin is the, the, the fruit of a rebellious devil that has now taken people captive. So it's not necessarily the people. It's the devil's work that we're pointing out so that people don't get entrapped by the devil or they can get out of their bondage that the devil is holding them in. So our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's, a it's against the ways of the evil one, what he's doing. But it's always to help people be restored back to God, to come back to God, to expose the dirty deeds of this world in contrast to the truth of what God says. If you know the truth, you should share the truth. That's just logical, right? To show that God's ways are always right and they're always true and they're always best for all of mankind and the world's ways are birthed in rebellion, Satan's rebellion. The ultimate hope, the ultimate hope is this, is that lost people will return to God. We will all see the error of our way and repent and come back to God. We don't embrace and we don't participate in the sin. We repent of it and we turn to God. That's the proper thing to do when confronted with the sin that you might be entangled with, is to turn away from it and turn back to God, not defend your sin or defend sin in general. Oh man, there's, there's, there's more I want to get to today, but we're not going to get to it. And so we're going to, we're going to just jump to the end. And um, I want to talk about all these things that God says. There's so much stuff here you can see. But, but the truth, the truth, the truth is, is of, of such great importance to us, not just as believers, but in this world. And unfortunately, in this culture, the, the truth is under attack in a big way. Now, the truth will always be the truth. The truth will always stand. It will always be. Nobody can erase the truth. What people are doing, though, is pulling people away from the truth. And that's where we can't just stand by and let happen. So we're going to speak for the truth. And uh, the reason we love the church is because the church is is built on the truth of God and who Jesus is. And, and next week, we're going we're gonna to finish where I left off, and we're going to move into um, how the truth of God's word should impact us or how it, it applies to our life. This is a heavy topic. I know that. 
but it's one to dig into. It, there's a lot to consider, to think about, because approaching the truth, is it's important how we do that. And then it's important how we present the truth. And it's important that we know the truth. And it's important that we know the lie. And so there's so much that we need to kind of understand. Because there's so much going on in this world. And it's easy to get distracted by all the minor things and forget. The most important thing in life is your soul and where you will spend eternity and if we are honoring God with our life or not. And so I hope you'll join me next week as we continue on this. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week and uh, we'll see you next week. See you.